Listen up, squibs. You may find this podcast to be fucking explicit. Welcome to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan Carrion, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Ben motherfucking Full Metal Bailey. What is up, everybody? What's up, indeed, uh, listeners, fellow cultists um, devoted to the the dark, black discipleship of Full Metal RPG. Um, so, uh, do you guys ever... You, you, you ever go online, Ben? Hey, Ben. Uh, no, I, I like to think of myself as a Luddite. and I, um, <laughs> I think you are a Luddite, bitch. <laughs> all right, all right, world. <laughs> uh, uh, here's some ways you can interact with Full Male RPG. I don't know if you guys do this, but but we're on Instagram. Did you guys know that? We're on Instagram. You can get at us at Full Metal RPG. That's one word. Um, you can also follow me if you wanted to, at Brendan Carrion. That's one word. Uh, that's a pr- that's a private account, but you can see my my personal adventures on there. Um, and then Ben, you're you're on Facebook, right? I'm on Facebook. Ben's that's the still only on Facebook. S- that's the only social media I'm on, other than like MySpace, which is totally defunct, but I haven't logged into. Gross. In like, fit, like twelve years or something. Get with the twenty first <laughs> century, Ben. Get your get your uh, digital life going, yeah. man. I'm not a picture taker, so like Instagram is kind of like whatever for me. And then like. Um, I don't know. Twitter has never been my thing either. So yeah, or I think that we want to um, sort of expand the world of Full Metal RPG into the Twitterverse, and so Adam Shadowsworn Adam and I are kind of working on that. But you can also interact with the show on our wonderful website page that uh, Full Metal, excuse me, that Shadowsworn Adam put together, and uh, it's FullMetalRPG.com. It's just that easy to get there. FullMetalRPG.com. And uh, Adam actually has some really fucking good writings up right now. He has uh, a couple really hilarious essays that I think that you should totally get over there and read. One uh, one of them in particular, the how to approach this Catholic Lord while he's wearing his headphones, is is great. You should go check it out. So today, you know, we got a little bit on the agenda. We're going to do the usual catching up with you shit. And then um, Ben and I are going to review this kind of the, the the pre-release edition of this Beneath the Inverted Church, which is a module by Justin Sirois, and it's currently on Kickstarter. Support it. Yes. Uh, ben is pledged. I am pledged times two. I'm thinking about making that a pledge times three because Christmas is coming up, and I think I, 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 I've read it, people. I've read the book. I have as well. Uh, and we were supposed to have Amanda with us. We were supposed to have the Warlord Amanda, but she's not feeling well, right? Yeah, unfortunately, she's got the the plague. So yeah, she's got some kind of some kind of like uh, bubos or whatever, <laughs> some 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 of Nurgle's rot. <laughs> she was eating those halfling pies that are so notorious in Middenheim. Don't do it, kids. Uh, so she's not gonna make it, which sucks. But Ben and I are gonna soldier forward. We're gonna tell you about this book that we've both read. Now we've both read the kind of rough draft. Here. Yes. And I've been talking to Justin a lot, 
and he's been giving me some updates, so we'll kind of touch on some of those things as we proceed. I'm kind of curious about that too. I don't think I've I've heard you talk to me about those at all. Well, I've been. You know what, man? I gotta I gotta keep some material fresh know, for the show. I know. I keep some material fresh for the show. All right, so uh, wh- Ben, what you been up to, man? What you been up? What, what you been up to, playa? What you been doing? Let's see. Um, we had session one of Gamma World. Adam, shout out to one of Adam's running Gamma World. Oh uh, yeah, uh, but that, uh, that's old news, homie. There's been like two podcasts since then. Yeah, I don't think I've talked about it though. Did we? Did I, talk I, about I, I, well, I, I, maybe uh, maybe Shadowstorm Adam did. Yeah, I think he did. I don't yeah, think he I don't think about I, Radio Hour. I don't think I did. Um, and uh, we're hoping to have session two this weekend, I believe. Oh, really? Yes, I need to, I need to hit Adam up, but I think this weekend's going to be session two. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm super stoked. I think it's going to be a fun fucking uh, off the wall adventure set in our hometown of Phoenix in the post-apocalyptic future that is gamma world yeah and um you know all of us are playing some crazy ass characters some more crazy than others right um and uh it's gonna be a blast well that's something to look forward to for sure you guys will be down at the game depot on sunday i think that's the plan um i'm gonna like I said, double check with adam make sure that we're set to go but the original plan was to meet this weekend well that's really cool man i have to say Mender, maybe I'll maybe I'll make an effort to get down there and say what up to you fools. Right on, right on. Witness some of the madness. Yeah, that'd be great. I haven't been doing as much as I would like, that's for sure. My Lamentations campaign came to an end when we decided that Dungeon World would be a better fit for the players. And I really think that it would be. Some people have kind of questioned me on that. They're like, why? you know? And I guess I could just take a minute to sort of discuss that. The players, the, the the people that I'm running for are new to role playing, and they are. That I'm trying to avoid the barrier to entry that, that has existed for so many years, where there's you have to read all these rules. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's kind of like Type A personality stuff, where you have to read a giant instruction booklet before you can get into a game. And so I think that Dungeon World will suit them a little bit better. They're very creative, and when I got the first batch of uh, of backstories in, I was like, holy shit, these are really good. And I didn't want to punish them with Lamentations, because uh, because Lamentations is very harsh, as I'm sure you know. Lamentations is... Uh, uh, Your character is sort of like toilet paper. You kind of go through them really fast. Yeah, I mean, you have to be exceptionally canny, or exceptionally lucky, or a combination of both those things to have a character with longevity in a Lamentations game, which is part of the OSR experience, that sort of cultivation of a character over a long period of time. And because it was their first outing, and they were just really throwing themselves into it so vigorously, I didn't want to punish them by, oh, yeah, you wrote a three-page backstory, but you're dead. You know, write me, write me something else. That was just if I if I did that, I was just gonna get declining returns until I just started getting backstories that were three sentences long, three sentence paragraphs. And I didn't I didn't want to. I I've spent so much time in my gaming life trying to build people up to really build fully fully realized characters with backgrounds and stuff that I didn't want to work in the opposite direction. You see mm. what I'm saying? So. Dungeon World has this failing forward mechanic that people like John Wick talk about. I think it's very interesting, where if you don't succeed immediately on your role, then that doesn't essentially mean that the story ends. You're allowed 
some creative leeway with 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 how how you fail like what what failure means in terms of the story and i really like that i think that that will i think that will work better with um my group we were supposed to meet this last weekend and do character creation and world building and uh you know jim miller he's <laughs> he was on messenger with me this morning being all like you can't stop for one player, man. You gotta just go. You gotta like. You gotta just. You know, it's five minutes to make characters. You can just go. You can always add more to the world later. It's Dungeon World, and it's like I understand. I, I understand that that's you know, the way that is written, and and that is possible. But I'm really trying to build a gaming community with this new group of people, people who are not used to a gaming community at all. I'm really trying to cultivate, not just like play a game with some people and have them enjoy a game. I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to, to 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 build like five new gamers here, you know? Yeah. And and that just takes more time. I mean, I, you, you could like you could go to IKEA, you could get like a couch, right? Today. Or you could like start sanding wood, <laughs> you know, and have a couch, like a really nice couch in in a couple of years. And I just really feel like especially with this group I want to take time and just cultivate the fuck out of these guys. So, um, that's been fun. That's been fun. Uh, so we're going to Dungeon World. Um, I've also been working on my notes again for the old Montreal by Night game that I was working on uh, a few months back. I think I've picked that game up and put it, I, I picked it up three times now and put it down twice as something I want to run. We had a fun time in Montreal back in the day. I'd love to revisit that. Yeah, we, that that was a good campaign that you and I did, and uh, Warlord Amanda played in that also. Yes, and yes, she had one of the most amazing, um, like transformations in that game. Yeah, uh, her her Zimacy character was fucking the shit in that game. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be Zimacy, but no. then it ended up being Zimacy. Yeah, she was supposed to be a Ventru, and then she turned into a Zimacy, and that yeah. was fucking great. Uh, because she started out as a human that was supposed to be embraced by a Ventru. Uh, a Camarilla venture, nonetheless, and then she ended up being embraced by a by a Sabbath Zimacy, and then the whole story changed. It went from being a New York Chronicle to being a Montreal Chronicle. And uh, my plan for this one is I want to do all second edition books. It's going to be only second edition books. So if you still have your second edition books, you can fucking dust them off, and can, we're going to play with the old clan books. Right on. The old player's handbook, the old Sabbat guides. Um, it'll be a Sabbat game, but with no like flashy mass grade rules, like re- like like revised edition, uh, trench coats and katanas shit, like none of that. It's just gonna be it's gonna be like a grimier, streetier game. And at this point, I've read that book like three or four times over t- over the course of like ten, twenty years. Yeah. And I'm just seeing so many nuances to it that I never saw before. I think part of it is that I'm older, too. That could be it. You see things differently now. Yeah, it's really weird. You know how they say that writing is like an old man's game? And that, that like, you know, when, when they talk about, like, new upstart writers, they do some things like 30 under 30. Because people who are, like, good writers under 30 are kind of like wonderkins. It's not... It's not like music where if you haven't done it by the time you're like 21 or something, then you should just fucking pack up and go home. Or gymnastics where it's like, oh, you're 16, you're you're old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, writing requires a certain kind of perspective to do. I don't know to say to do it well, 
I think you get better and better at it the older you get. The more insights you have and the more experiences you've had. And at this point, man, I've had so many more experiences than the last time we actually played that Montreal game. I mean, holy shit, what was I in my early 20s the last time we played that fucking thing? Yeah, you were uh, not yet married. Yeah, I wasn't married. And yeah. and now I'm not married again. <laughs> and I've been to Montreal. And the I've, circle is complete. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it's... Uh, it's and and the insights that you have into that. Plus, plus I'm I'm much more removed from the '90s than I was when that book. Because I think it was like the early 2000s when we were we were playing that. Yeah. And the '90s seemed like this thing that if you could kind of just like reach out, it was just like just out of reach. Kind of like if you were in a train that was slowly taking off from the station, you could kind of like reach out to touch the last post as the train pulled away. And that's that's gone now. The 90s are a fucking Memory. old thing. Yeah, there's this whole new generation of people in their teens and their 20s who kind of fetishize the 90s culture, and it's utterly weird for me to be around. Um, But I'm thinking about inviting just uh just old schoolers to play the game. And I don't know how successful that will be because everybody's grown up and they all have lives and shit. But um, like I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite uh, the mysterious Jeff. I'm inviting uh, Shadow Sworn Adam. I'm inviting the Warlord Amanda. Some other people. Young Dustin's going to be invited, although I don't know if he'll be able to make it. Uh, Yona the boss has already basically said that he can only s- step in like from time to time. But I'm going to call it my 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 all-stars of role-playing game. I only want, like, the most grizzled vets. The mo- oh, I'm going to ask Zajac, who still hasn't been on this fucking show. And we've been doing this for yeah, almost a year true. now, and that fucker still hasn't been on this show. How many times have you tried to get him on here? Zero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's I keep, a character. I, uh, he is, and I keep thinking, like, oh, we'll put him on Shadow Sworn because he's such a wraith guy, you know? He's like he super, is. He's super wraithy. He and Adam will be able to geek out about wraith and shit for, for a whole hour. I won't, Maybe I won't even show up for that one. Maybe those two can just fucking talk. But we'll get him on, and I want him to play too. We'll see. So we'll see what kind of commitments I can get when I'm done writing this book. But let me do, when I, when I tell you, man, when you go through that book, there's something on every single page. I have I have a huge note binder at this point. Huge. It's so fat because on every single page, there's a sentence that's a hook. It's fucking mind-blowing. Right it's, on. It's great. It's a great book. Great book. So, hey, Montreal by Night. Uh, pick that up if you're. Looking I always at felt like that was one of the like great tragedy games we played because we had we stopped prematurely. Yeah, that one. That one was one. I feel like um, Prague was one for. Uh, yeah. For uh, uh, Requiem. Yeah, definitely. Uh, those those are two that come to mind. All also also New Orleans for Requiem. Yeah, the um the Requiem New Orleans. Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, we had we had three real tragedy games we didn't get to play to completion. Well, I mean, I see what you're saying, but like part of it was me. I I'm the kind of guy who gets to a certain point and then I th- this is just this is just part of my character. I, I I'm very proud as we come. It's interesting that you bring this up because we're coming up on the one year anniversary of FMRPG. We've been doing this almost a fucking year now, which boggles my mind. And I'm the kind of person who gets really excited about things and gets things rolling on them, and then. Halfway through, I get distracted by something new, the excitement of the new thing, and I let it fizzle out. And I think that some of those other games could have been saved if I had just said, oh, okay, we're going to cut out the cancer and we're going to proceed forward with new things, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm very proud of what we've done here because we've stuck with it, you know? We've stuck with it. 
And I think that by being at least, you know, moderately successful, if you want to even fucking call it that. Sure. Um, I've learned a lot about the power of sticking with things over okay. the last year. You know, and like what it takes to keep doing things and to keep things rolling. Yeah, I, I also think like um, part of it's a growing thing. You know, when we were younger, we didn't cut out cancers. We let them fester. Oh, dude. Dude, um, right? You know, we let them impact our lives in like so many ways for so long. Yeah. And it was really sort of the culmination of like of the, the last of the like great games that died. The prog game where that changed. Where we started cutting things out. I disagree. I think that we had big problems in the Pathfinder game, which was the last long-term serious game that I ran, and it had and it had tons of of social dysfunction uh, in it. Yeah, I wasn't present for a lot of that, though. I yeah. was present for the social dysfunction, just not part of that game. Right. Yeah, and that and that definitely should have been brought to a heel early on, early on, and it, and it just never was, you know, because. You get into this habit where you associate friends and gaming and, you know, I don't know. That one was super hard, though. That oh, one was yeah. that one was the most, like, you know, I mean, the relationships involved in there were so close and so weird that who knows what would have happened had we tried to, like, squash that, like, in such a way. Yeah. No, I know. I know. We should do an episode about that. That would be, like, a true, like... I mean, a true, a true, just opening up the chest and showing what's inside. It's one. it's the biggest like clusterfuck I think I've I can think yeah. about in the game honestly. Yeah. With like, y- y- Jeff was telling that story right about right. like about like the people having the affair and the game and all this stuff and yeah and uh, I I actually think all the angst involved in that Pathfinder game put that to shame. Really? Yeah, I mean, because well, it involves so many people and it's on so many weird levels. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite as salacious, I guess. No, it wasn't salacious. It wasn't like, oh my god, affairs, but it was like... Right. It, it was just like this sort of heart-wrenching kind of like fucking malaise over like a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. It really took a group of people who had very, very deep connections to one another, and it, it took those connections right to the edge and then somewhat over. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, because some of those people just aren't we're not friends with anymore, you know, yeah, and, that, and, true. That's, and that sucks. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that, though. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts now. and I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that. that yeah, that, that a lot of intense shit happens around the table. It's it's strange what a, what a microcosm gaming is for testing ideas and testing relationships. It's very strange. I, I don't know. Does this happen in like pickup basketball leagues or 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 or? I I played some AYSO soccer and nothing like this ever happened, but I can't say I was particularly invested in it. I was very fat. Yeah. I have to say that the mentality coming into one of those games or coming into coming into sports is usually like very similar across the board for like everybody mm. going into it, or at least close to being similar. Yeah, that's true. And the, and that's not necessarily the case with the gaming table when you sit down. You know, you have the people I mean, you literally have people who just show up and they're like, "Hey, my friends are playing a game. I want to play with them." You know, right. and the other people who are like, "I really want to. I really want to like, you know, have this dramatic thing fucking happen and and see where we go." You know, mm-hmm. and um, that tends to breed some discord. There's a disconnect there. Yeah, it does. I, I still as a as a storyteller slash GM slash whatever, I still wonder to what degree I am responsible for that because these things seem to happen quite a bit in my games and I think that I 
Because I, as a GM, one of my favorite things to do is to set up situations where where relationships are tested within the game, and then and then these things happen. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should run some more straightforward shit. Anyway, you've been tracking any products, any games that you've been watching? Yeah, an eyeball. Well, on? Kickstarter's been a little crazy. I mean, you know, you have uh, Deadlands, which at this point I guess is about to finish. Oh yeah, Deadlands is the twentieth anniversary. Deadlands plus the module. Um, looks pretty sweet. There's did some you, cool did swag. Did you pledge that? No, I didn't pledge it. Oh, I, you were thinking about it. You decided not to. I was. You know, it was the swag on the on the uh, the hundred and fifty dollar pledge was looking pretty sweet, but I just decided to let it go. I um, I'm currently pledged to to the uh, module we're going to talk about tonight. Sure. And um, I'm I'm watching Synthesize. Oh yeah, how's that going? Is that over yet? Um, no, no, it's, I think it finishes early October. Oh, shit, I might have to pledge that. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently, um, watching that one. I think I'm looking, if I'm gonna pledge, I'm gonna pledge around the $55 level, I think, of what it is, which gets me some cool dice and, and the book itself, and... That one's kind of a bummer, because it's like, you gotta go, you go straight from PDF to hardcover book, right? Yeah. So it's kind of steep, like, for an untested game that you've never seen, but the, the concept is... It's creepy and weird, right? And just yeah, different. you. I think you were more into it first than I was, and then I and then you'd be talking about it, and I was like, yeah, I think this actually is really sweet. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy you're reminding me of it because I may go in and pledge that. I may pledge that tonight. I don't know. Because uh, it's one of those ones. Because you and I were talking about Kickstarter a while back, right? Like, there's right. there's two kinds of Kickstarters. There's the Kickstarter that you pledge and you hope funds, and if it does fund, you're probably never going to see it on a gaming shelf anywhere. Right. It's it's going to be one of a kind kind of kind of deal. Little treasures. Yeah. You know, little treasures. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's um, it, it's no less like worthwhile than any of the other games. It could be really fucking sweet. It just doesn't have like the same sort of like recognition or steam or whatever to get past it. Right. Um, and that's what Synthesize is. It feels like to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to like Deadlands, Deadlands which I'm going to see yeah. on the shelves. You know, like fucking next year or whatever, I can yeah. go out and buy twentieth anniversary Deathlands when I see it on the shelf. Right, so you won't get like the silver foil engraved cover or whatever. Yeah, but I'm not gonna get, get the, the cool book. fucking whiskey box or the cool fucking deck or the cool fucking tokens, but whatever, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, who, I can deal yeah, with that. Do you really need that shit? Who yeah. knows? I mean, I I've actually never played Deadlands. I've heard a lot about it, and and I think for us back in the day, it had sort of a weird little stigma for us because we knew some real fuck ups that played it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That we didn't like it all. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, but we were also like white wolf supremacist pricks. Who, yeah, true, who true. We who we were kind of smug towards anybody who didn't play White Wolf. I mean, truthfully. We were just kind of smug in general, even the people who played fucking White Wolf, you know? We get in those <laughs> stories. true. Good, good point. You get those. Good point. You, you'd, you'd be sitting at the game store, and these guys would come up and talk to you, and they'd be like, and you'd be like, ah, no, yeah, man, I'm like, done. Like, like, stiff arm. Like, get out of my yeah, life forever. Yeah. I always had the excuse. I was like, oh, I think it's cigarette time, and I'd go outside and smoke, you know? Oh, God, and yeah. Leave, and leave whoever I was with there to, like, to like deal with like yeah. someone talking to them who they didn't really want to talk I to. I remember. Hyla used to get so pissed. <laughs> yeah. I don't smoke. Why are you going to make me do that? Um, I I am on this group on Facebook called Old World of Darkness. I think is what they call it, Old World of Darkness, and uh, it's pretty good overall. Yeah, yeah. It it's not super wins inducing, but you can definitely go on there if you if you ever want to go back in time. 
to a place where White Wolf was the fucking top dog in the role-playing food chain and and just kind of like live in that moment again, mm. you can go onto that group and everybody on there is rabid about World of Darkness and writing about it just just cranking out the jams just so many so many posts and so many and so many replies to every different post and uh you can almost kind of like close your eyes and remember what game depot looked like on the inside back before it moved locations when it was over by the college and you can kind of just you can, you can you just feel like it's 1997 again it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a trip man yeah um that having been said you do get a lot of pitches for games that just sound like, like, oh my god, like really? Because like, yeah, like anything, everybody brings their own sort of take to what what's fun about that, and so you have like, yeah. you have like the weird sort of like superheroes with power, White Wolf take, which I'm like, well, that, fuck that noise. That's like the predominant take, though. I mean, that's the thing is that when White Wolf kind of reached its high water mark with Revised Edition. They did so by attracting this whole new group of people into playing it who wanted to play essentially a syndicated television show, the role-playing game, mm. you know? And, um, and I've, I mean, I, I read a wind-up for a game on there this week that just made me want to smack <coughs> my forehead. And, he, and the guy who was writing it knew that, that, that there would be a lot of haters out there for it, so he wrote a little, like, a little disclaimer in there at the bottom, like, this is not for everybody. Yeah, this is if if I know you think my idea is stupid, I don't want to hear about it from you. And I was like, fair enough, because I was getting ready to. Put, <laughs> <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> you, sir, yeah. are everything yeah. that is wrong with White Wolf Gaming. I was gonna put this guy on blast. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, man. I was like getting ready to put homie on blast. You were gonna you you were just looking to troll him, weren't you? I would, dude. I don't. I don't wake up in the morning and think, "Who am I gonna troll today?" No, but when you get that opportunity that happens, you're like, "Oh well, hey." What can I say? It's like it's sort of like sometimes it's like there's a guy, like some just just like a big fat bullfrog sitting in the middle of the road, and you just want to run him over or something. I, <laughs> I don't know. Is it that's, that that seems like a needlessly cruel metaphor? But uh, I definitely was 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 getting ready to read this guy, the Brendan Circa 1998 <laughs> Riot Act, where I was like. Allow me to enlighten you as to how to run a World of Darkness game, you simpleton. And Followed uh, up with a death march. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't let me. I mean, what what I really wanted to say to this guy was, why don't you just run Monty Cook's World of Darkness? I mean, it sounds like that's really what he wanted to run anyway. Mm. You know, the D21. I mean, that sounds what he wanted to run. He goes, yeah. my, at the very end, he's like, my, my table really likes Pathfinder and D&D better anyway. So that's why this adventure sounds like such a fucking shit show. I mean, he didn't say shit show, but I'm gonna impl- I'm gonna imply that heavily. <laughs> um, I was just like, "Yo, homie, just fucking pick up a copy of Monty Cook's World of Darkness. Everybody's happy. You got your vampires. They got their d20s. The plot doesn't make any sense. Go, you know. <laughs> any hoosies. Um, the what am I following? Uh, Promethean Second Edition isn't out yet. That's a surprise. That's a real surprise. Like, okay, look, it's not that big of a surprise, I guess, because Mage the Awakening is still not in print either. Yes. And that came out that came out first. So I've been following like the Monday meeting notes just came out yesterday and uh it looks like 
Mage is almost there. It looks like Mage mm. is pretty much ready. And they they say that they say that Promethean the uh created is going is in proofing or indexing. So I, I imagine that those two are both gonna hit right at the exact same time and just like blow up my wallet. Because uh last paycheck I bought some books from Mr. Gone and they came in and they're great. They look great in my collection. So I redid my whole hunt list of all the shit that I need. And and, and weirdly, even though I had struck some things from the list, it didn't get shorter. Isn't that strange? It got <laughs> longer. I don't know how. There's probably there's dude, seriously, there's probably like two hundred books on the hunt list right now. I'm like, how the fuck did Really? That, that many? There's a lot, dude. Because I'm trying to rebuild my second D collection, rebuild mm. my third E collection, and then I've decided I want like a little smidge of a first D collection for Vampire, despite the fact I never played it, just so that I can have it for reference materials. Plus, then all the other shit that I need. And where I'm re- what really, what I'm really getting at here is that my Onyx Path, 20th anniversary, and Chronicles of Darkness stuff, I've let myself fall behind since I've been like bowing to the demon idol of. Uh, Age of Sigmar. Yeah. I'm, I'm falling behind on all this shit, and so I need to catch up. I need to put that Age of Sigmar aside for a hot minute, which, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. But I've been doing a lot better with it. I haven't been obsessing over it like like I like it was. Um, So what do you think, man? Uh, Want to take a little little break? We'll give these fools some metal music to listen to or something, and, and then we can come back and talk about this uh, fucking sweet-ass module. Sounds like a fucking sweet plan. Great, let's do it. Music. We're back, and we're going to talk about the inverted church. Indeed, we are. And before we get to that, I just want to just really quickly give a call out to one of the biggest supporters of this show, and and that's our our, our gaming godfather over in Sunderland, UK, uh, Jamie Smith at ah, yes. Coliseum Rex. So you know, Coliseum Rex. I can't say that they are a sponsor of this show. But they are definitely a spiritual sponsor for this show. And they have done so much to support and cultivate FMRPG. I just wanted to make sure that FMRPG is cultivating Coliseum Rex. So if you're in the UK and you're near Sunderland, which, to be totally honest, I don't really have the reference. <laughs> if you're near there. Somewhere. If you're around that area, I highly, highly, highly recommend getting your ass over to Coliseum Rex. Because Jamie's just the kind of guy... He's like a real deal gamer. Interesting enough, you don't know where it is, but you know what the store looks like because yeah. we Google Maps it. Yeah, I have seen it on Google Maps. I have I have strolled the streets of Sunderland via Google, which is a <laughs> creepy 21st century experience. Yeah. 
And I just have to say, man, I wish I could be there on a regular basis because I feel like the kind of community that he's building is the kind of real deal community that is is what FMRPG is all about, which is sort of like, yo, we're we're dudes who have lives and we're into shit and we're also into gaming. And that doesn't make us like nerds or whatever. I mean, okay, fine, 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 fine. We're fucking nerds or whatever. But that doesn't mean that we have to like be neckbeards. You see mm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a difference, man. There's the there's the there's the neckbeards, and then there's what we're trying to do. And I think there's a whole lot of people out there like that. People who don't see themselves part of that kind of that kind of mafia of like, well, what are you doing with and True. I I feel we're at this 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 period in gaming history where we are trying to take gaming. We're trying to sort of we're trying to sort of appropriate it. We're trying to sort of we're we are trying to move into that culture and say this experience belongs to a greater group of people than just this very very small group to which it has been isolated for the last thirty years. And and I think that Coliseum Rex really supports that. I think that Jamie's a cool guy. And he's got a lot of cool stuff going on around his shop. I think he runs some cool fucking games. If you ever want to talk to somebody about Vampire the Masquerade, you can talk to that guy. So, I mean, also, he just got in a ton of Shadows Esterin, right? Yep. He's the UK distributor. I think he's like a greater European distributor. He said he told me that he's doing a lot of orders all over the, the uh, EU. So, if you need Shadows of Esterin, which is a fucking killer game all on its own, Get it, Jamie, at Coliseum Rex. Okay, guys, so, all right. With that having been said, Jamie, thank you. We love you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting the good fight. So now on to the uh, to the matter in hand, which is Beneath the Inverted Church by Justin Sorois. It's currently on Kickstarter. I think it's got, what, how many days left? 15? Yeah, I think it's got about 15 days left when this goes up tomorrow. Right, and uh, at the time of this recording, it's at something like uh, 1,800 of 3K. So I think it's going to fund. Yeah. Because we're in that kind of lull in the middle. But, you know, it'll, things will pick up towards the end. And um, especially if we, get, if we can manage to get some FMRPG chaps over there, I think that they will, they can push it over the top. And and if there has ever been a module that is made for FMRPG listeners, it is beneath the inverted church. You know what I thought when I read this? Lay I was it on like me. Lay I was me. like, okay. Back in the nineties, you had the idea of like 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 White Wolf was kinda like adult games. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and they even had their adult imprint on top of that, right? Yeah, Black, Black Dog. Dog games. This is the game that you always wanted from Black Dog Games. That was never there. Never. Never fucking there. Yeah. Because it's it's so fucking, like, adult and, like, horror-filled. And not in the typical, like, kind of, like, um, like uh, monster horror. But it's, like, right. all of this right. fucking strange sexual horror. Yeah. That is um, awesome to see because I haven't really seen anything like this on a gaming level. Yeah. Um, and 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 the, what little glimpses that you've seen previously of sexual horror have been sort of like done very poorly. Can you give me an example? Um, sure. Like, uh, here here's here's the most obvious example that comes to mind: the image of like 
of like the the zimacy like teeth in the vagina thing you know like <laughs> I always liked that yeah yeah sure but it's also kind of juvenile you know okay like like um there's nothing juvenile about this that's that's the thing that's kind of kind of like yeah right yeah the, the, um this this book is and I and I mean this in the best way possible and I think that this will sell the book to some people and dissuade others, and that's fine, because if it dissuades you, then it ain't for you. Yeah. Um. But this is like if, if Clive Barker wrote a dungeon crawl, it would be this. Yeah, that's actually it's, a pretty good metaphor from what I from where I'm sitting. I mean, like, it's um it, it has a very like it has sort of like a Clive Barker esque like yeah like feel to it like uh like sort of this, this sort of sur- surreality of like yeah the dungeon itself is like right uh, from the beginning yeah yeah right from the beginning um well let's let's backtrack a little bit okay what's the so the, so the premise of of beneath the inverted church now here here uh, we're, I'm going to speak very freely about what's in the book and I hope that doesn't bother Justin um I feel like right now I'm talking to GMs. And if you're a player and you're thinking, "Oh no, my earballs!" Ah, spoilers. Then just turn it off. This is you can you can go home. Come back next week. We're gonna have Jim Miller on. He's gonna talk about his new convention that he's doing. Um, but if you're a GM and you like to run dark shit and you like to run, you want to push the push the the envelope, man. You want to push the envelope. And 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 you want to see your players kind of squirm in their chairs a little bit. I mean, this this book will push you to run some of the most uncomfortable scenes that that I think I've ever seen in print. I mean when you look yeah. at when you look at some of the the lamentations material that's come out, which is as as Ben was kinda of pointing out, which is kinda of, kinda of puerile. It's 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 uh like like I, I think I think immediately of two towers or towers two rather. Sure, sure. Which, that that I was I, I started thinking about that after I'd said the the, mm-hmm. the 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 that was the thing that came to mind right afterwards. It, I mean that's a fun book. I would love to run Towers too, but it's it's a very comic booky and over the top. Like it's written by by a, by the front man of Guar, and it's 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 got like giant vagina whips and stuff like this. Um, it's 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 a caricature, but this book, I mean this book could really in run correctly. This book could be just an incredibly dark like pitch black descent into horror. And so if that's the kind of thing you're interested in, then shit, man, you got to pick this thing up. Yeah. I, I, my, my mind was fairly blown as I was reading this. I was like, this is, this is the, the, this is, this is something that I have been missing for a long time. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, man. When I, I, I saw the, um, the cover because Justin's put the cover up on, you can see it on Kickstarter. You can see it on the Kickstarter. You can see it on his Instagram. He does an Instagram at dungeon dealer. I think there's a hyphen in there at dungeon, at dungeon hyphen dealer. You see lots of pictures from inside the book. You see the cover, and I saw the cover. I was like, oh, it's kind of dark. This is gonna be a little bit edgier, but it's just gonna be a dungeon crawl, and it's 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 a fucking it's a nightmare. It is it is so great. It yeah, is it, so great. It's it's one of the ones where players think they're going into a dungeon crawl, but they're really going into a fucking living nightmare. Yeah, and and it, and it's the type of living nightmare that like is incredibly surreal. And you're not going to be able to fight it with a fucking like, uh, like to hit roll. It's 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 going to be off the chain. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And um, it so so I guess so I guess what I was trying to say is if you're worried about spoilers, don't listen. We're kind of talking to the GMs here. I'm pitching this game to you because 
if you, I, I think you should run this game for your friends. If you feel like you need an X card for it, then I totally understand you need an X card for it. This this would be one of those things where X card was invented for. This, yeah. To be totally honest, I, I have always said, if you sit at my table and I know you and I know you well, then there's not going to be an X card. But I think even if I was playing with a group of like solid veteran homies, I might have an X card out for this one. I, I was thinking about that myself, right? I was like, I was like, okay, so. I, I know that I, as a player, can handle this. I, 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 I can handle it, and I would think this was fucking ba- rad. You know, like, like yeah. this would yeah. just be off the chain. Um, I'd, I'd be horrified, and I'd probably be, like, a little bit, like, like sick at certain times. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I would I would definitely, like, enjoy it. Um, I was thinking about some of those times in, in some of the World of Darkness games where we, like, we tried to sort of push the boundary of sexual horror that happened a few times. Sure. And, and, and there was... And, and even just from that little bit, there were some squeamish reactions from people around us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I can't imagine what type of reactions oh, they would have as this th- thing happened. Those, those fuckers couldn't hack this shit. But even, even like, even like, uh, like, like, like Jeff, when in, in like, uh, was it, was it, was it, uh, yeah, it was New Orleans where he was trying to find his niece and you were introducing yeah. that that like Yeah, the Temple of Set. Yeah, the Temple of Set where where his niece was like the victim of a like sexual violence that was like beyond right. belief. And um he was just like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just he just bypassed all of those encounters and just refused to to engage on that level. Yeah. And to be totally honest, that actual descent into that temple is very similar to kind of what happens in this game. Mm. Um so so the story starts off. It's a very, it's a very straightforward, very um, traditional, very classic yeah. introduction. Almost like, almost like it's um, like you have no idea what's coming. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, hey, this is just like your average little kind of adventure. Yeah, here we are. And and you could, I suppose, do a gotcha thing where you don't let your players know, but I wouldn't recommend it. You're, you're that I think that strikes me as incredibly unethical. No, no, and in fact, I think that's one of the reasons why the first encounter is written the way that it is. It's because oh, it sets, against the bandits. Yeah, because it sets the fucking tone. Yeah. For for this game is going to be a sexual horror game because spoiler alert, the fucking bandit is like this crazy rapist asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he he's he doesn't care about sex. He doesn't care about like. About like uh, participation, or even almost if they're living, I think because the no, no, it says yeah, specifically, yeah, um, he's going to fucking violate you sexually, right? And um, he's got henchmen there that help him, yeah, and then fucking like draw pictures of it, and so yeah. he keeps them as rapist trophies, yeah, yeah. So he's got the he, he considers himself this artist, and his band of bandits are artists, and they have these this these sketchbooks full of all these like horrifying images of the sexual atrocities they've been committing all over the land. And this is like the first group of, of antagonists that you encounter. So you're in a town, and the town seems very kind of normal. One of the things that sort of was I found interesting about the way that the town was, it's presented to you as a, as a traditional fantasy town. Yeah. But the way that Justin writes about it, with the prevalence of mirrors, which is sort of a... Um, I don't know that there were a lot of mirrors in uh, medieval, in a medieval, even a fantasy medieval environment. I think mirrors are actually something that are kind of like very new, right? People used to use like polished glass, or not po- not polished glass, but polished metal, yeah. right? To and reflecting pools. But but the, he 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 talks a lot about mirrors, like glass mirrors, and sh- and shards of mirrors and stuff. He also refers to to there being like bathrooms 
inside the town that you can find. And, and, and there seems to be a lot of these mirrors and a lot of indoor plumbing. So I almost feel like if you were to take this, and of course, you're the Lamentations, guys. Just hear me saying it. If you were to, it's perfect for Lamentations of the Flame Princess's early modern generic kind of setting where you have flintlocks and you have uh, and you have more advanced kind of technology and architecture. It's just if you could just blends in seamlessly. To be honest, I think that like it's really I mean it's 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 really like um system neutral. Oh it is. And it, it is. And, and, it, and and it's it's like a generic town that sort of fits anywhere. And you can sort of almost use almost any in with this. I mean well, I think you definitely could. I, I think you definitely could. I had somebody ask me on Insta if it was good for Pathfinder and I yeah, absolutely. I, you could run it with Pathfinder, DCC, Labyrinth Lord. You could you could you could run it for a 5. You could I I don't, I don't think that 5 is ideal for it. I like 5 more than Pathfinder personally. Oh uh, yeah, truth. Um but but that's but that's mostly because the type of players that, that generally play Pathfinder tend to be so focused on like on like their like combat and whatever and that's not what you yeah. want to be focused on in this game no yeah you don't want to be you don't want to be fiddling with the numbers and number crunching this i think the kind of the, i think you're right the kind of technically minded players that would be really drawn to the pathfinder for this would um would kind of like miss the forest for the trees yeah because the yeah. environment is so is so great so um you kind of notice these towns people are destroying all the mirrors and there's a there's some npc interactions where you're kind of like oh what's that uh long story short you get introduced to this girl Hannah, who believes that her brother has been drawn into this like subterranean uh, church, right? This inverted church that is that descends into the earth, and uh, she wants to go rescue him. And the townspeople have been interacting with some of the denizens of this church via these mirrors. And the the mirrors have been drawing them into like lascivious acts, and have been kind of like beckoning them to the church itself. And you learn that that lots of people have been disappearing into this church. But Hannah has a she she's a fighter. And yeah, she through the medium of these mirrors, it's really been corrupting the people of the town. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, that was, thank you for saying what I was trying to say. Thank you. Um. And so she wants to go down in there. She wants to get her brother out, and. Along the way, there's some NPCs that have some monetary rewards for you and stuff that, that personally I think are, are a little bit like over the top. They're a little bit. There's it's a lot of money. You could also you could maybe change the in-game uh, economy of your world to facilitate it more. But they, I, I think Justin might be a little bit worried about buy-in here. That the players might say, "Oh no, no thanks, we're not interested in leave." <laughs> and so you you get the, these very heavy purses are offered to you to help to help uh, Hannah out with her task. Um, but we're gonna get to buy in in a second. Sure. And I think that if you if your players have buy in, then they don't need the um the the gold incentive to want to do this. Um, at which point the remainder of the module is about your descent into this into this into this hell world, right? The, Definitely. That very quickly goes from seeming just like a basic dungeon that you've seen a thousand times before to being just like this. I mean, it's it's really disgusting. It's and it's very quickly, right? I mean, like you yeah. find out, like there are these fucking instead of like normal doors, there are these twisted mirrors yeah. that like y you have to bypass to move forward, and in order to bypass them, you have to like do some weird sexual uh, actions, kind of to to sort of like move yeah. it forward. 
Um, and you discover that through the vehicle of Hannah. Um, she's, I think, the first one to bypass a door for you to show you what's going on, kind of. Right, right. Um, and then you start just meeting the denizens of this dungeon who are all totally fucked. Who are horrible. Yeah. I mean, they're like really sicko NPCs. Yeah. Which I fucking love. I was just, I, I kind of thought it was going to be like a Pathfinder Adventure Path where they'd be like, oh, here's a, you know, you know what it kind of is, it kind of is like, it feels a little bit like an, a, an NC-17 version of Castlevania Symphony of the Night where there's these characters that you interact with that are so characterful and flavorful. They're like the kind of like bosses of each room. And, they're, and everything is very gothic and just kind of dripping this sort of like... I mean, I don't know what, what Justin's uh, background is, but it has this... There's this really heavy kind of oppressive kind of Catholic guilt mm. that just runs through the entire the entire module because everything just feels kind of like, like, you know, Father Dowling, like, standing over you and, like, wrapping your knuckles for <laughs> masturbating. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you see in the mirror, your characters look into these mirrors and they see all these, like perverted things happening and there's these this killer table where you randomize the shit that you see inside the inside the mirror every time. Yep. And it's not all just like kind of tee hee like, no. like dicks going in butts. It's not all just that. It's like there's like some surreal, like weird shit, right? You see yeah. you see trippy shit going yeah. on in there. Like, yeah. like 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 uh leather tarot card kind of shit going on inside these mirrors you see stuff like that you see stuff like 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 eight millimeter style going on oh yeah yeah you, you do. see like you just picture like machine you know and you're like oh god <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know I mean, this this if you're the like i mean i'm not gonna lie i run a lot of horror and there's this kind of creep show element that i like to do in my gaming where i like to describe the gross shit and watch my players like like I like to watch their noses wrinkle and their eyes kind of like like close a little bit and their lips curl up and this thing and they shake their heads. If you're the kind of GM that likes to do that shit, you will have no end of fun. Yeah, you can you can I mean you can just go right forward and like, I mean seriously, just not back off and just go straight through. Yeah, it. yeah, it's I, crazy. I mean if I mean I would buy this book even if I was thinking about just doing um. If you're doing White Wolf stuff, if you were doing some, because okay, you could that randomized table of like the shit you see in the mirrors, mm-hmm. you could use that for Sabbath Blood Feasts, you know? Yeah, sure. If you're if if you're like if you're feeling non-imaginative and you're like, man, I just haven't I haven't I haven't like poked my players in their third eye with something like horrible in a while, just roll on that table. Just roll on that table and you'll you'll come up with something, yeah. you know? So um. What were some of the things in it that you thought that were so great? What were what were your favorite um like 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 encounters that you thought were so great? Do you need a second to think about it? Uh no no um I, I the things that struck me as as quite quite awesome first off was was a that first encounter. That first encounter sets the stage for the whole book with the with Michael the, with the bandit. Oh with the oh with the bandit. Okay, before you go into the invert. Yeah, and and, the, and the, even the still, there's there's the random table for that one too, where you like oh, can yeah. flip open the sketchbook and see these like and and the descriptions you can see on those fucking on the sketches are just horrific. Yeah, they're they're gross. They're so gross. <laughs> they're really gross. Um, I'm not gonna spoil them and like talk about them, but they. I was just like, this is what this is about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm with it. Um, and. And I, I, I want to say that what struck me also is just sort of the surreality of the mirrors the whole way through the dungeon. Oh, yeah, right. And and the also one of the things I thought that was that's sort of like common in 
an OSR gaming, but not common in other gaming, they have the instant death possible in the scenario. It's true. It's true. Because of the way that the mirrors work, it's entirely possible just for your character to just vaporize. Or even for the whole party, just to be yeah. boom, you're all dead. Yeah. You're all dead. Yeah, enough exposure to the mirrors, and you get sucked in. And yeah. Um, yeah. your clothes can't come with you. Your clothes, all your possessions, items. yeah. So, so, so there's a there's a scene I think when um, when you you realize this as people get sucked in, yeah, and they're just like a bloody mess because yeah. they're fucking like whatever they were wearing, their necklaces ripped through their necks as yeah. <laughs> they were trying to get pulled into wherever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's also this great mechanic based on stress, where mm. um, based on on your players squeamishness to what you describe you can secretly mark them down gaining stress from what they see and then um there's a bell that tolls at certain points in the book yeah where uh it will tell you okay now the bell tolls and they gain stress from that and i just loved that too the idea that you're like going through these like like these fucking chambers and there's just like this ominous bell underground tolling and it's like driving you insane yeah i i, I like the stress table mm-hmm. um yeah the thing that struck me about that, and and I think when we talk about buy-in, I'm going to talk more about that. Yeah, is that that really requires a player buy-in quite yeah, heavily. Yeah, yeah. Um, much like I think this whole module does, because because I think that like you know, uh, one one guy cackling in the corner as he makes some fucking like like dick butt joke is just like yeah, yeah that's 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 it for me. You know, like you just killed the whole mood I was setting with this fucking like game. Right. Kill it for everybody. You know, right. makes a fucking dick butt joke. Yeah, no, no, exactly. If if you if you have somebody who comes to your table and who is trying to like, who doesn't want to accept this horror and doesn't want, they don't want to go there. You know, they're like, oh, ha, ha, oh, ha, hey guys, ma- masturbation, ha. You, you know, they like, then um, it ain't gonna work. Uh, but I mean, that's any role playing game, right? I yeah. think I think you, you you're playing like 1940s gumshoe or something, and you get a guy who's like. See here, toots, and he's like doing the voices like all through the game. That's gonna kill it for everybody else too. So you 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 can't have that one guy to to ruin the experience of this game, though. You know? Yeah. No, that's true. Um, and I think one of the other things that struck me about this was was the the continuing story of Hannah trying to find her brother and then finally discovering Michael. Um, well, you mean Cameron or Cameron? Cameron, Cameron yeah, yeah, Cameron, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's, it's like. That was was very surreal and very like um, almost like the the you you compared it to Castlevania. I'm gonna compare it to Silent Hill. Oh yeah, that's better. Um, that's a better one. And, and uh, that's way better actually. Yeah, it it definitely feels like like, like I was I was I was reading this module and I was like if if I ever wanted the surreality of like uh, Silent Hill in um, a horror game that was like fantastical and like totally adult and weird sexual horror. Yeah. This is this is it. I mean, it's like the pinnacle. I mean, really, I think that that's a great idea you just had because um the Silent Hill soundtrack, uh Heather's a huge fan of it and you can mm. get it very easily and that would go perfect with this. You could just play that in the background while you were descending into these tombs and oh holy fuck. You know how like they they always do that thing with the sound too where there's like the siren kind of like that oh, and yeah. that's like the fucking bell, right? Yeah. That's like it's like a very similar sort of like stress inducing kind of like it shits to the fan. You're fucked. Like Yeah, yeah. And how are you going to get out of this now? I mean, I just uh and and the the boss creatures that you encounter are so cenobite like. 
Yes. They're so uh, they're so. And that's he, that's the Barker real a- aspect to it. Are the, the the boss that you find in these rooms are really sort of like like something out of like like Hellraiser, honestly. Well, I feel like it's it's that combined with the mirrors, mm. the way that the mirrors give you this vision into this into this other world that you can enter, and there's an entire system for entering it. Did you see all yeah, the oh, spare yeah. rooms in the back? Oh, yeah. These trippy, bonkers-ass rooms that if you have the right equipment and you feel like you want to test your metal, you can enter into this parallel dimension of, like, of like sex torture or whatever and, uh, and, and do battle with these creatures that are in there. I mean, I don't, you know what, man? I just I, I feel like we're gushing at this point. We've gone like full fanboy, but it's a, it's it's a just it's a really great book. Yeah, right? no, um, I I had like looked at it. I remember on Kickstarter, and I was like, all right, it's kind of dark. I don't quite know. I'm 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 interested. Yeah. I'm interested. And then when we got the advanced copy, which I I actually didn't know we were getting. I think. And then uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I kind yeah, I kind of didn't, didn't say. No, no. And then when you told me, I connected the dots. I was like, oh shit! I was I was looking at this, and um. After reading it, the first thing I did was fucking pledge. Honestly, yeah, it's a, it's a great game. And um, where was I going with that? Um, we we were able to get the advanced copy because I mean I knew I was going to pledge. I'd already pledged. I I I backed uh, Justin's previous project, which is called Dungeon Dealer. It's a it's a it's a couple packs of um cards that you can like shuffle together, and then you just deal them out, and it built a dungeon for you. And uh, it's such a simple mechanic. And it works so well, and the execution was so great. And so he's done a, a Kickstarter, right? And I will also say that he delivered that Kickstarter early. Okay? Oh, wow. So he, I, he beat his deadline on that. I actually back this at the level that you can get because I missed Dungeon Dealer. So I back this level where I get the Dungeon Dealer decks. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great um, uh, add-on. You won't need it for this because all the maps are in the book. But uh, just for as any 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 GM is gonna want those cards because mm. I mean when you especially when you look at the price on them, uh, it's so much easier to uh, to to afford than those than those dungeon dice that only have six sides. Each one only has six sides. Yeah. And there's a limited number of dice. So there's a limited number of combinations. Whereas this is like fifty-two cards and fifty-two cards. One that's for chambers and one that's for hallways. You mix them together, and you can just—I mean—you will never have the same dungeon twice. You'll never even have similar dungeons twice. Um, oh, another thing that he does in the book that I found really interesting is that he made all the maps usable on a specific dimension of a of a erasable play mat. Like he 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 puts the dimensions on there. But yeah. He's like, oh, if you have a play mat that is this size, all the maps will fit on it, and that is so convenient. Remember when we were doing um. Uh, Pathfinder, and I had to like draw all the maps out on like this quad paper. I found this like this bu- this bu- this pad of quad paper that you for, oh, for, like, yeah, yeah. for like meetings or something. It was like fifty bucks, and I had to draw them all out before the game began. And they were huge; they were like all over the table. But the all of these encounters will be um, you'll be able to keep on a map like right in front of you now. Um, because I do keep because I am pledged, and because I do keep up with Justin, I have seen some of the additional work that he's done for the book. And I've seen some of the uh, he's 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 told me that he's doing a lot of rewrites on it, so um, I I only think the book is going to get better. I think that because um, there um, you know this is this is a working draft that we have here, and so there's there's some spots where there's like misspellings and like some of the characters seem a little bit stiff. I think he's um, I think he's working on that, and it's going to be ironed out. And the new maps that he's drawn, to are be honest, awesome. I, I noticed that stuff, but I was like. I was like, well, that Jim kind of do what he wants with that stuff anyway. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the the true genius is really like just how 
fucking gonzo that dungeon is, you know, like it really is, dude. Yeah. I mean, um, he he wrote me at one point and he was like, "Oh, dude, um, I just heard from this guy who says that there's a a Lamentations book that that might I feel like based on what he said about this Lamentations book, my book might be perceived as derivative." And I and I said, "Oh, dude, don't don't worry about that kind of thing." Like I, I hadn't read the book at this point. I was like, "Don't worry about that kind of thing." Everybody's drinking from the same well which, in terms of which writing. book was he referencing? He, he he didn't know the name of it, but he just said that he had heard that there was a book that had something something going on in it, and um, and I and I having read the book now, I'm just like, he doesn't have anything to worry about. Yeah, this, dude, this, nothing. I I have never seen what you have here. Yeah, uh, on a role playing level, and I think it's fucking rad. Yeah, I I I think that every Lamentations player is gonna want to have a copy of this in their bookcase, and um. You know, I I hope that his his he, a I hope he make, makes his pledge goals. B I hope he uh, is able to print enough that he's able to sell some on his Etsy store because I think that's where he sells his dungeon dealer cards mm. and I think that's where he sells his overstock. Um, but so, do you have anything else you want to say about uh player buy-in? I want to talk about player buy-in. Yeah, let's talk about player buy-in, man. Yeah, like like we sort of touched on it earlier. Um, I think that uh, this requires a certain player buy-in because you don't want anybody that's going to be making dick butt jokes in the fucking back yeah it's true um there is a stress mechanic there's like uh it's supposed to be dark people need to be horrified yeah you want to be playing in this if you enjoy being horrified if you don't enjoy being playing being horrified then this is not your game i think that there's a problem a possible problem here in sort of mixed groups i would be very careful Hey, look, I'm just going to immediately take back what I'm saying. you got to be very careful with whoever you're playing with because it would be very easy to like to like really mortify somebody with this game. they got to know what they're getting into. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think they if, – if done incorrectly, if done incorrectly, it come off as some sort of weird like sexist kind of like power trip kind of thing. You could do that with it if you, yeah. want, if you, if you were of that persuasion. But that that would be kind of like missing the forest for the trees on some level. Yeah. Um, and to that being said, that's one of the reasons why I really like the first encounter because I think that sort of sets the stage for the whole thing, and 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 it's so horrifying that you can see around the table if anybody's like, a this isn't going to be for them, right? Or b if they're going to be ruining it for other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's well said. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and, and so I think that gives you a chance to sort of like, you know, backtrack maybe a little bit and be like, wait a second, here's what's going on. You guys got to buy into this. If you're not, then, then we need to do something else because this is, this is going to get ruined. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. You know, and, um, you're, yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. This is the, yeah, yeah. That's all I have to say. No, no. I, I, <laughs> so I, that's all I have to say. Honestly, honestly, I I wasn't expecting to be as you know like like raving about this as I was when I started reading it. Me neither, dude. Um, Me neither. I was. I thought like, yeah, you know, it'll be you know if if it's good, we'll give it like a, a solid review. We'll give it a solid review. We'll, I'll have no trouble pointing out the stuff about that I think doesn't work. But I I don't have to worry about that because this thing was fucking rad. It's 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 a great fucking book and um. Oh, I wanted to share. Dude, I don't even know wh- who my favorite one was. Oh, okay. I don't even know who my favorite one was. There was so many. There was so many. Oh, you know what it was? Was the the un-Nephilim. 
the, oh, uh, that the one was scene good. with the unnephilim is just so fucking bomb because there's a trap that's going off and there's this unnephilim thing that's like this hellraiser fucking thing that's like fucking with you and then it's creating monsters these disgusting monsters that are attacking you and you know what it really reminded me of that scene in particular i don't know why it reminded me of hellraiser 2 when they're in the labyrinth they're down like they're in hell, oh, okay yeah like in hell and i was just like i was just like this fucking book is so rad sure sure I, I think that's one of the things that struck me too sort of interesting is the sort of naming convention in this book where everything was yeah. sort of like the unlabyrinth, the unnephilim, you know, this yeah. it, it the was in, the inverse. And then and, yeah. then, and then he has the he has a, a sword called the reverter, right? Yep. Yep. Like like that's a um that's a metal thing. You yeah. Know? Like, like 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 inverting the cross and then reverting the inverting cross <laughs> for the, the, for yeah, the Christian it's, it's kids. Super con- it's super consistent how he goes through the whole book doing that. And it really lends itself to sort of like the otherworldliness of what the fuck's going on. Yeah. At, at first it kind of strikes you as, oh, I mean, it's kind of silly maybe. But then it's, it's not silly at all. It's, it's Yeah. When I first saw that un-Nephilim and un-everything was un, I was like, I was like, uh, maybe there could be less of this. But then, like, the, the, the more you read the book, you're like, yeah. this is actually the shit. This is actually the shit. Yep. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, I was going to say that the town, he spanned the town, he wrote, he wrote, he drew an amazing map for the town and an amazing map for the surrounding countryside. And I think people are going to want this book for the campaign setting, they're gonna want the book for um, the random tables. They're gonna want the the book for the adventure, because there are so many ways you can use this book with your OSR setting or with your system agnostic or setting agnostic um, uh, fantasy role playing game. I think you're a fool not to buy one. So uh, get on over to Kickstarter, look up uh, beneath the inverted church, look up. Uh, Justin Sirois. I'm gonna spell that for you guys. His, his name is his his last name is S I R O I S. He's publishing this under the imprint Severed Books. Um, you've still got a couple weeks on that, but I wouldn't wait. Um, let's definitely not get it. Get on this shit. Yeah, let's crush the the funding goal on that. And w- and he didn't. He hasn't paid us. We don't. We don't know him. I mean, I know him because of no. In fact, I'm giving him money. I'm, yeah. I'm pledging it because yeah. it's fucking rad. Right. Yeah. We don't. We don't know him. We haven't accepted anything from him. I uh I I knew him because of Dungeon Dealer, and I um saw that he put uh beneath up, which I've been kind of looking forward to him doing. And so I just wrote him. Just I just cold cold wrote him and said, Hey, could I get a can I, can I look at it? And um, what he sent me was this thing that he 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 says he he wants to have it delivered by November. I think that that's kind of ambitious, but but but, but doable maybe. Yeah, considering how 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 far along he is already, it's doable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I'm I'm at the very least hoping that by Christmas I'll have a nice little stack of these, and I think my friend hmm. that we may be doing a giveaway. There right may on. there may be an FMRPG giveaway of uh, of a beneath the inverted church eighteen plus only because I ain't sending this to no kids and then having <laughs> having, having some like what did you send my son what, what pornography did you send my child so all right guys thank you for joining us uh, another uh, FMRPG this one's been kind of short um, but we always love to have you do check us out fmrpg.com. At FullMillRPG on Instagram, at Brendan Carrion on Instagram. You can follow the homie, uh, Shadowsworn Adam, at Adam.Sync on Instagram. And uh, 
More to come in the future. Yes, yes. Uh, next week we're going to have on uh, Jim Miller. We're going to talk to him about his upcoming uh, convention that he's having here in Phoenix, a gaming convention, all horror, all gaming, uh, in October. It's called Crit Hit Sandy Loss, and he'll be coming on to talk to us about that. And, of course, I'll be there before I go to the Skeleton Witch show on the same night. So, um, Unfortunately, I'm, I think I'm going to be out of town, which sucks balls. Oh, you suck, man. Damn, be in Vegas that weekend, unfortunately. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about this guy. All right, well, <laughs> th- thank you for joining I'll us, everybody. I'll be my own personal hell of Vegas. What can yeah, I say? You'll you'll be in the invert, dude. Yeah. That is, you'll be in the invert of I will of, be living a life of excess. Of, I think we're talking about going to, like, some, some crazy food adventures. It'll be, like, uh, like in the... I don't know. At the, the the church of excess that Vegas always <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, insert uh, capitalist libertarian remark here. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night. Peace. We're standing here by the abyss and the world is in flames two star-crossed lovers reaching out to the beast with many names he is he's the shining in the light without whom i cannot see and he is insurrection He's the force that made me be He is Nostro dispate Nostra amate Hiding